Wood. Welcome to another edition of Puck Talk. I'm your host, Jack Woods. Nobody is in studio with me today. Unfortunately, Ben Hatchett and Matt Puste are out. But we have some great news because Ben decided to call in for the first segment of the show. Ben, how are you doing today? Doing well. Doing well, Spider Jack. Big fan of the show. First time caller. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you can't that you get rid of me. You no. can't get rid of me. No. No, and uh, unfortunately, Ben, this is the last show of the semester as finals are underway here at DePaul. I took my first final this morning in public speaking, so we have a lot of things that we want to do in this last show. We got the Christmas lights all set up in the WGRE building. We feel good about today. lighting last night. (laughs) So, Ben, how are you feeling on this abnormally warm morning here in Greencastle? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It does not feel like December, which isn't a bad thing. Nice to have a little bit of warm. I remember, actually, actually, you know what? Now that you bring it up, I am a little salty. I'll never forget my first finals at the ball, having to walk in, like, negative 13-degree weather, and it warmed up to maybe a solid, like, zero. Wow. So a solid zero? That That's fantastic. <laughs> no, hang in there after Tigers. Good luck in finals. Thank you, Ben. So, uh, let's get right into it. A lot of big headlines this week in the hockey world, but just to run through the standings real quick, the Washington Capitals still maintaining that huge lead in the Metropolitan Division with 47 points. Islanders and Philadelphia coming in second, third, respectively. The Boston Bruins, who just lost their eight game winning streak still holds a strong foot in the Atlantic Division with 46 points. Second place Florida Panthers with 31 points. Unbelievable. And then in the Central Division, the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Winnipeg Jets are neck and neck. 42, 38, and 36. And then the wow, words. And then in the Pacific Division, the Arizona Coyotes, 38 points. Edmonton Oilers finally fallen off 5-4-1 5-4-1 in their last 10. They're in thir- They're in second place with 37 points. Then the Vegas Golden Knights are starting to heat up with 35 points. So, Ben, what are your impressions of the weekly standings? Yeah, I think I'm going to start with Edmonton. You ended with them. If you want any of that game two nights ago in Ottawa, I'll tell you, uh, they had some goalie blows. Miko Koskinen has been their guy. He gave up three that any goalie with this caliber should have stopped. So Mike Smith came in, relieved him. Uh, I don't believe it was enough to get the game back. Well, uh, you know, that's we, we've talked about this before here on the show, but we kind of saw the uh, Edmonton Oilers kind of trailing off here in the end. Uh, now that their runs sort of starting to uh, starting to level out, they're starting to play like the Edmonton Oilers that we know and love. But uh, is are there any surprises here in the current standings right now? Because I'm looking at Pittsburgh, which is your team, and they are five uh, three and two. They're playing average hockey right now. 34 points yeah, sitting sitting I mean they're not out of the race but they are uh they got some work to do. No, the penguins are, are on my list as well especially the goaltending department. Matt Murray has put has given up four goals in his last four starts. Tris Jari has jumped in for the bench and has done really well playing on his head. I think he took a little over 30 shots today from St. Louis and led the penguins to a shutout. 
he is going to be the guy most likely tonight for the Penguins. He's running on a maybe a five or six game win streak, not consecutive start, but he is going to be the guy they're going to give a little more attention to. Murray, he had the same low last year, unfortunately. As you would say, he's an eight, nine, seven right now, save percentage. So, what's that mean? He's a, a he, he's a goalie. Yeah, he's he's yep. putting on the jersey. <laughs> he's putting on the jersey, which is something you hate to say for a two-time cup winner. Um, the interesting thing with the whole thing with the Penguins, Chris Jari has been a name for a little while in some of those random trade talks with Toronto and Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't I I hope as a fan that, that those aren't real because Tristan Jari is, is might be that, that person to get him through these dog days of hockey right now. Matt Murray last year took a break. He lost his father in a year and a half. Those woes made sense a year ago. Unfortunately right now he needs to really take deep and get back to the game. Yeah, Matt Murray has definitely had his struggles this season. And uh, speaking of struggles, how about the Nashville Predators right now? Three, five, and two in their last ten, and it has come at the absolute worst time because everybody in the Central Division, every single team, is playing their best hockey, with the exception, of course, of Chicago. Every team is just absolutely blowing teams away. Even the Minnesota Wild, who we have talked about, not great. The Minnesota Wild have won their last five. And They're gotten... making St. Louis ass climb right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. They've grabbed 10 points in their last 10 games with three overtime losses. So even when they're losing, they're pushing the game to overtime. They're making good uh, they're playing good hockey right now. And it just kind yeah. of appears that every team in the uh Central Division right now is playing well, except for the Nashville Predators and the Chicago Blackhawks. So, Ben, what are your thoughts on the Central Division right now? I think the Central Division this year has been the most entertaining, and which is good to see for hockey. It hasn't been that way. We had been the Metropolitan West had a stronger dynamic, but this year with Vancouver, San Jose still hanging in there, and of course the Coyotes and Oilers. It's hard. I feel for, I feel for the Predators, especially with, with the success they've had. The core that's there still, the reality is it's going to be a long rest of the season, and you got to pick up some games right now. Yeah, and I'm looking at uh, goals for and goals against, and the Colorado Avalanche are just absolutely blowing it out of the water with uh, 103 points for and uh, only 78 points against, and they're on a five-game win streak right now. Landis Gog's back in the lineup. And, right. you know, McKinnon's doing McKinnon things. And, you know, the National Predators lost Victor Arvidsson off of, a, off of a dirty, dirty cross-check to the back from Robert Bertuzzo. And, um, you know, they scratch Kyle Turris seven games in a row. And then what do you know when you put him in the lineup? He scores points. I, who who could have predicted that? But, no, the uh, Central sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's not looking good. Um, in the Central Division right now for the National Predators. Hopefully they'll turn it around when Victor Arvidsson comes back. But, man, it's been a, it, it's been something to watch. Um, and another surprise that I s- still see in the standings going back over to the uh, Eastern Conference is Tampa Bay and Toronto have yet to find their groove. Right. I mean, um, Tampa Bay only 29 points. 29 points. And they're four, five, and one in their last ten, and 
you know, they're playing a lot like the National Predators are playing right now. Just can't find that good chemistry when something works, something else doesn't work. It's I don't know if that's going to be a good thing for these two teams because they were projected to be at the top of their divisions, and right now they are uh, not doing so hot. Ben, what are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay, they had that momentum when they came back to Sweden, but it is, it is not there. We've got a lot of hockey play, of course, but I don't know. I think I think this team is feeling the pressure. Last year, the Herald Dynamic, and we've talked about it, when you lead the league for the whole year, and then they face a little bit of adversity. This is quite a hole. Now, fortunately, they do have star power that can help get them out of this, but this might be another team where a wild card spot is going to be hard to perceive. It's, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I never thought that we would be crazy, saying it's crazy to talk about. Yeah, and I don't think that the kind of season that the St. Louis Blues had is. I don't think that's going to be replicated by any team in the league. I think that all that that showed last year was that yes, it's possible if you fire the coach and if you fight at practice. I think that's the only kind of lesson that we learned here uh, with the St. Louis Blues last year, but. Um, no, Ben. Uh, unfortunately, we have about a minute until another yeah. guest comes on. But, Ben, it has been such a pleasure talking with you, talking hockey for my first semester of college. This has been a dream of mine ever since I saw my mentor, Justin Bradford, get uh, behind the microphone. And I've been talking on uh, 102.5. So, Ben, I could not have chosen a better partner. I could not have chosen a better uh, hockey analyst and uh, sports analytics guy for uh, my endeavors here at WGRE for my first semester. And Puck Talk will be back with Ben Hatchett. But, Ben, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Thank you so much, Jack. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for tagging me along the journey. <laughs> ben, I have not said it enough. You are a fantastic partner, and Matt Puste as well. But, folks, we got to take a quick break. So, you're listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. This is Leslie Odom Jr., star of Hamilton. You're listening to 91.5 WGRE, Greencastle. Welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack. And, uh-oh, we have a phone call. Hopefully this is Sam Fleming. Sam, you with me? Sam, you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Hey, all right. So, folks, welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack. And with me now is my friend, one of the newest members of Penalty Box Radio. He is the broadcaster and contributor at the University of Alabama. He's the assistant coach for Franklin Hockey back in Tennessee. He puts out fantastic previews and post-games audio reports about the Nashville Predators and how they're playing. And he is, quite frankly, one of the uh, most intelligent hockey people I know. Sam Fleming, welcome to the show. Hey, Jack, thanks for having me on. I've been a big fan of all the content you put out as well, but it's uh, great to finally be on Puck Talk. Yeah, and thank you for joining me. And Sam also hosts a podcast called Outside Smashville, where he, in the penalty box radio spirit, he discusses everything outside of the NHL. And hopefully, when I get back on Christmas break, we will be discussing a lot of things. But we have some things to talk about in terms of the Nashville Predators, Sam, don't we? Oh, yeah. Um, 
quite an up and down stretch here for the Predators, I must say. <laughs> Yeah, not not a great uh, <laughs> not not a great look for the Nashville Predators right now. Going three five and two in their last ten, as mentioned previously. Um, scratching Kyle Turris seven games in a row. Sam, your thoughts on Peter Laviolette scratching Kyle Turris? Noted twenty seven goal scorer twenty twenty seven goal scorer Kyle Turris scratched seven games in a row. That's an interesting one uh, that I thought. And, you know, they did that some last year in the regular season, and it kind of sent a message to Turris. And I saw him play pretty well after getting scratched, and it was no different against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, he had a goal and an assist, as I talked about in my preview. Uh, He's dynamic. He's had some good years. I remember his first year in Nashville, he was a plus 22 as an offensive forward. And I mean, that's pretty good. But my thoughts on that is like, what is Laviolette trying to do here? If you're trying to trade him, you might as well play him and try to get some proof that he's got the value worth that you're giving up in that $6 million contract. Because as I've said most times, I think the Preds could ship him off for a second-pairing defenseman like a Shane Gostas bear. But I don't think it was the right decision, and Turris proved that on Tuesday night. I was at the game, and he looked the best he has all season, and I hope he continues to play that. And I'm just not sure with some of Laviolette's lineup decisions, as he said so far this year. Yeah, uh, in terms of lineup decisions, we've seen uh, Victor Arvidsson on the third line. We've seen Philip Forsberg on the second line. We've seen uh, Kyle Turris on the fourth line. So we have no idea what's going on down there in uh, Smashville. But, uh, you know, Victor Arvidsson is now out for at least another three weeks um, with a lower body injury after that dirty, uh, dirty, dirty, dirty cross check from Robert Bertuzzo. So, Sam, what are your thoughts on Victor Arvidsson eventually returning to the lineup in term in terms of what Laviolette's thinking? You know, when Arvidsson gets back, I think Chris Mason talked about it when he went out with injury. He just brings a different dynamic to the Predators lineup. And, I mean, we saw last year he missed quite a few games due to a lower body injury earlier in the season. And he comes back and he still has 34 goals which is the most in franchise history for a single season. And to think Arvidsson was a a fourth-round pick, and I know he blossomed a little bit later, coming back is going to be big for the Predators. And I hope he gets to come back for the Winter Classic, not just for the sake of people who bought the Winter Classic Arvidsson jerseys, but um, if he can come back against a strong Dallas team, and I think your first guest had it right on, the, the Central Division's been the best in the NHL this season. Um, and Dallas has played well. Winnipeg's played well. St. Louis doing well without Tarasenko. Um, Colorado being Colorado, as we expected. So Arvidsson's going to add some depth back to that lineup and some potential goal scoring to that lineup even though he's had a bit of a slower start than we expected. 
Yeah, and George Matarangas of Penalty Box Radio mentioned on his uh, preview for this Nashville Predators season that Victor Arvidsson would not be able to sustain the kind of shooting percentage and numbers that he's had uh, over last year coming back from injury. And although I agreed with him, I kind of expected a little bit more out of Arvidsson. But, uh, I mean, when you take the most dynamic puck mover off of his line and put Callie Yarncroke in his place, I guess that's kind of what you can expect. But, uh, Sam, one quick question before we uh, move on here. Which Nashville player needs to turn his season around in order to, for the team to be successful from January on? Because at this point, I think that without Arvidsson, the team is going to lack uh, that energy forward. I think that Rocco Grimaldi brings similarities, but I think that they're going to lack that energy forward. So, Sam, which player really needs to turn their season around? If you want me to be honest, um, I could see all of them needing to turn it around right now <laughs> with the stretch that they're on. Um, but I do think Yossi and Duchesne have played well. Yarncroft's done pretty well. But the guy that I focus on is Craig Smith. I mean, Craig's been a 20-goal scorer most years past, and he's almost been invisible on that third line with Benito and Grimaldi. As I've said, Benito and Grimaldi have had the best chemistry and maybe the best one-two punch on the Predators right now. But Smith's on that line and only has seven points in 27 games. And you look, he's in a contract year, and he really hasn't been on his best form. So I'm going to say number 15, Craig Smith. I really hope he can turn it around and come back to that form that we've seen the past two years, getting 25 and 21 goals. All right, Sam, and uh, before we move, because you said Craig Smith, and I was I was thinking Mikael Glenlin, but now that we're sort of on this topic, now that Glenlin and Smith are both in contract years, who's getting favored? I mean, we have no idea because uh, they are both underperforming. Wow, that's a that's a tough one too. Um, at this point, do you even see both of them come back this offseason? Could these be guys that end up being deadline pieces that are moved in trades by David Poyle? But if I have to pick one, I think Gramland has done okay. He's done better than last season. He seems to be able to fit with a couple different lines. I think he's a little bit younger, too. I might give the edge to Gramland if you're going to keep one because I just don't think Craig Smith's been at his best right now and looks completely out of place in the system right now. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with that. It's been uh, it's been unfortunate to see Craig Smith uh, in his demise, if you will. Uh, you know, he struggled in the 2016-2017 season and was injured for the most part of... Um, he was injured for the most part of the playoff run, and Craig Smith has just not been the same. But going back to your point on uh, that one-two punch of Grimaldi and Benino, so on Grimaldi's goals, Nick Benino has assisted twice, and he has assisted for Nick Benino five times. And Sam, do you know how many primary assists Grimaldi has on Nick Benino's goals in all strengths? Is it all five? Or it's or, all five. Or on? It's all five, so you are absolutely correct in that. Uh, in saying that, now 
In order to, uh, I know that we talk a lot about the NHL here, but Sam and Penalty Box Radio hosted the Country Classic where a lot of uh, NCAA women's hockey teams came down to Nashville and played uh, in Fort Ice and Bellevue and Antioch. So, Sam, what team was the most fun to watch at the Country Classic? All four of them did a great job putting on a fantastic show for the fans. And really credit to Minnesota, Wisconsin, Boston College, and Harvard for putting on a great tournament and the Ford Ice Center Bellevue as well. But I've got to tell you, Wisconsin is so much fun to watch. The defending national champions, and they showed that throughout both games. I was there for the first day, and they played Harvard, and they outshot Harvard like 54 to 12. And they were moving the puck so well. And they seemed to have a great hockey sense of where the puck was going to go. And just watching them move it and setting up their power play, stretching the ice, I think Wisconsin had to be the most fun team to watch at the Country Classic. And they had a bunch of fans there, so the crowd was really getting into it for them. And I think every uh, team had a really good fan base. But all four of them were fun to watch, but Wisconsin had to be the most fun to watch, being the defending national champions. Yeah, and at the Country Classic, for those of you who don't know, Wisconsin played both Harvard and Boston College, as Sam said, and won both games, scoring at least five goals in each. So congratulations to Wisconsin, and thank you, Sam, for showing up to that Country Classic. I know it means the world to Justin, and it means the world to Penalty Box Radio. So, uh, in the spirit of Christmas, Sam, here comes the curveball question, all right? I promise, right. I promise, Sam, I would throw him a curveball question all week long. I have not told him what it is, but here it is, Sam. Is it acceptable to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving? And there is a wrong oh. answer. Oh, wow. Um, here, here's my thing on that. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I work in retail right now, so I hear it way before Thanksgiving. In my opinion, at my household, it doesn't start until after Thanksgiving. Woo! Maybe this. Yes, my man. <laughs> yes. So um, it doesn't start till after Thanksgiving. Another tradition we have, too, is watching Christmas Vacation on Christmas Eve. So nothing Christmas starts until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> How in the world have we not hung out before? That is my favorite <laughs> Christmas movie of all time, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That is hilarious. Well, maybe not hilarious, but oh my gosh. I am so thankful because here at DePaul, we have had numerous conversations in multiple classes about whether it is acceptable to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving. It's like once Halloween's over, suddenly the Christmas decorations come out. It's like, are we forgetting about the best meal of the year? Yeah, the turkey, the the rolls, whatever you guys have on your Thanksgiving plate, that's the best part, man. Load up, watch some football, and then move on to Christmas. And then watch Christmas Vacation with Clark Griswold supporting his double-zero Blackhawks jersey in the morning. <laughs> so. I, I mean, that is, that, that is the most controversial topic here on DePaul's campus. And I am so thankful that there are at least some people in the world with some common sense that know that Christmas. I don't even care. 
after 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 the dinners after Thanksgiving dinner is over, if you want to throw on the Mariah Carey, if you want to throw on the, the you, you know the Andy Warhols, if you want to throw on Christmas music right after Thanksgiving dinner's over, that's fine. That's fine. But from October thirty first through the end of Thanksgiving dinner, you can't touch it. <laughs> can't touch this by MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sam, we have uh, run out of time. Sam Fleming, once again, Penalty Box Radio. He is a fantastic, uh, fantastic contributor. He has put out so much content, and there is definitely more things coming for Sam Fleming and Penalty Box Radio's future. Sam, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jack, and I can't wait to have you on Outside Smashville over the holidays. Excellent. All right, folks. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. So you're listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. Are you tired of trying to track down and follow all of your favorite WGRE DJs and broadcasters? Fear not, listeners. I have the perfect solution for you. We're on Twitter. Just follow us at WGRE Radio to get updates from your favorite college radio station as they happen. Now you can sit back and relax and still be in the know. WGRE, your Twitter alternative. Aaron Ryan, a 2015 DePaul alum, working now as a TV reporter for WEAU 13 News. You're listening to 91.5 WGRE Greencastle. This is Bill Lynch, head football coach at DePaul University, and you're listening to 91.5 WGRE. All right, folks, welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack. Up next is my uh, my newest friend in the hockey media world. She has uh, been absolutely phenomenal for the past four years at St. Cloud State. She is a majoring in she's a major in broadcast journalism with a marketing minor. She's a rinkside reporter for the St. Cloud State University men's hockey program. She's also worked in the St. Cloud Rocks Northwoods League in the past. She has done multiple, multiple reports for the St. Cloud uh, Minnesota sports teams for the longest time. She will be heading into her last semester in college here in the spring and i personally cannot wait till she comes in and calls but for the time being we're going to set you up with a little bit of a promo uh you are listening to 91.5 wgre your sound alternative april 28th 1949 wgre signs on the air and for the next seven decades, the music never stops. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the formal opening of WGRE. Where did you get that cute look? You look great. Well, thank you, fellas. Oh, 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 me clothes. Hold me tight. Make me thrill with divine. No one throttle up.
music, news, sports, and more great DJs than you can shake a stick at. After 70 years, one thing is certain. We're just getting warmed up. 91.5. 91.5. WGRE. Your sound alternative. Welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack. And on call right now, as I previewed a little bit, she is a St. Cloud State majoring in broadcast journalism. As I've talked about, she has done a phenomenal job up at St. Cloud State covering a wide variety of sports. Kirsten Kroll. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I was really excited to be on. Yes, I, I am so excited for you to come on. I was hoping to go uh, out as my first semester with a bang, and I, for some reason, I don't know why you decided to talk here, but thank you for coming on, Ms. Kirsten. Uh, um, so, first quick question. Do you have a certain preference to cover hockey, or because you've covered so many sports and you're so well-rounded, would you uh, expand into a multi-sports coverage role after college? Um, it's funny because when I came into college, my ultimate goal was to be like Aaron Andrews and start off covering college football and then go into the NFL. But once it was about my junior year of high school, I grew up in a family that only watched baseball or football. And so I knew nothing about hockey. But once I found out I was coming to St. Cloud State, I was like, okay, well, it's a hockey school. I'm going to be covering that sport mainly. So I need to teach myself the game and so that's exactly what I did and then once I got here and really started following along with the sport I loved it and it's now hockey is my number one so leaving college I would love to be a team reporter somewhere covering for a hockey team but also baseball too would be my number two sport that I want to do so if I could do hockey in the fall through later spring and then do baseball in the summer that would be my ideal yeah, and um, she has uh, put out multiple reports. I believe her prof- her pinned tweet on her profile on Twitter is uh, a compilation of her uh, fantastic work. Miss um, Kroll, is there a certain player on the St. Cloud um, on the St. Cloud? Oh boy, I am uh, I'm a little bit flustered. Sorry, on the St. Cloud no, State okay. on the St. Cloud State's hockey team that we should watch out for in the near future. I would say there's a few of them. As of right now, the player who has been just the most dominant force on our team all season and who was, I think that streak was recently broken, but he was the long, longest leading NCHC point streak scorer so far this season. That's Sam Hendricks, who's also a draft pick of the Minnesota Wild. Um, he had some surgery over the summer during the off season, and so he wasn't able to skate at all during the off season. And so now when you see him play this year, he's just been dominant, and it doesn't look like he's lost a step. And then even just talking to him, too, in interviews, you know, before the series during the weekend, he has mentioned that he's putting in those extra hours in the gym and lifting and everything, and it's definitely noticeable. So he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, most definitely. And looking at the uh, schedule coming up, it looks like they're playing the University of North Dakota uh, in January. What can we expect out of the uh, hockey team up in St. Cloud in the upcoming months? Um, well, it's funny you mentioned the North Dakota series because that's the series I'm most excited to see. I think North Dakota's on a nine-game week streak right now that just swept Minnesota over Thanksgiving weekend. And so I'm very excited for them to come to town and that's also going to be the Herbrooks National Hockey Center, where St. Cloud plays 
that arena is going to be sold out. Over 7,000 people in there. It's such a fun atmosphere. And if there's anything you know about North Dakota, their fans travel really, really well. So it's going to be a very fun <laughs> atmosphere, especially with how well North Dakota is also doing right now. But with St. Cloud, it's been in a rebuilding year for them. I don't know if you followed along with them at all last season. But, you know, you had players like Jimmy Schultz, who was a hat-trick finalist, and Hobie Baker, who's now in the AHL playing in the... Um, sorry, I'm a little flustered now, too. But he's playing <laughs> in the Knights organization. And then we lost Blake Lazad as well to the LA Kings. And he's been phenomenal so far this season for them. And you lose guys like Ryan Paling as well, John Lazat, Robbie Jackson, Patrick Newell. Most of those guys all playing... Co- or, excuse me, professional hockey right now. Now we had a freshman class of about 10 guys come in this year. And even speaking with head coach Brett Larson, the team's just kind of finding their chemistry and the freshman class is getting adjusted, shaking off those nerves. But I think we can start to expect St. Cloud State to really pick up the pace here and coming out of the college hockey break. Yeah, and uh, one more quick question about your current school. I see that uh, Jack and Nick Poling are on the team, and they are uh, in a race right now to see how many points they can get. It looks like uh, Nick is uh, winning the goals battle, and Jack's winning the assist battle. Is there a little a bit of a brother brotherhood rivalry there on the team? <laughs> Those guys are a lot of fun, and anytime I get to talk to them as well, I remember I did a sit-down interview with them right when they came into the university three years ago. And, you know, I asked them, I was like, you know, do you guys ever do any fun, because they're twins, any fun, you know, switcheroos, like in class and stuff, or, you know, is there sibling rivalry (laughs) between you guys? And they were like, oh, yeah. And they would tell me stories about how in high school, one of them would take an exam for the other and did it, and their (laughs) teachers would never know. (laughs) I don't know if I'm supposed to say that on air, so, (laughs) but it was, no, it's just, it was really funny. They're fun guys, and... Even watching them play, they're great battling in the corners, too, and they're just fun guys to watch. Well, that's that's fantastic. And that, that story about their uh, switching the exams, that's 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 genius. Um, yeah. <laughs> sort of switching gears here, uh, focusing back towards the NHL, as you well know, Bill Peters, Mike Babcock, a lot of these toxic, toxic, toxic coaches. Are, stories are coming out. I believe there was... I mean, one of the lesser degrees was that Mike Babcock asked Mitch Marner to uh, write on a list who was the least hardest-working people on the Maple Leafs roster, and then he took that list to those players. Uh, and, and that's just unbelievable to hear. What are your thoughts on uh, all of the new stories coming out about these abusive and toxic coaches? Toxic coaches? Yeah, and that story that you just mentioned, I was just scrolling through social media about a week ago and I had read about that happening and it's just crazy how some people would even think to do something like that and especially in an environment like that and it just puts their players it it just seems like he was looking for a way to create a rift in the locker room and cause problems I don't really understand the rationale behind all of that but I think just with everything starting to come out I think we're just scratching the surface of everything that's going on with this so I wouldn't be surprised in you know, the weeks to come, hearing about more high-profile coaches that, you know, have these things being brought up from their past or even down to the AHL level and things like that, too. Yeah, I definitely agree. And now that all of these stories are coming out about these 
players and these coaches. Uh, what sport? Uh, what what direction do you think the sport's going in? That's a really good question. I think I think right now, probably for the next year. I mean, I like I had mentioned. I think we're just scratching the surface of finding out these stories and people coming forward with their personal experiences. So, I think the next year you're going to hear about more people's stories and experiences and I also think too I wouldn't be surprised on the pace we're on right now seeing more people get fired or get suspended or whatnot with these things coming out but I think the hockey world will be really shaken up for probably the next year but then I think you know once everything reaches the surface I can see it going back to normal but in a better way. Yeah, and you know all this all this talk about how uh, men will be men in hockey, and you know the old ways of the Bruisers need to come back. And I don't know, like you said, I, I think that the sport's going to eventually come to normal, but uh, it will be a little bit shaken up for a while. Now, Kirsten, since this is the last show, and in the spirit of Christmas, I thought I might throw a couple of uh, a, a throw a question at you. And there is okay. a there is a right and wrong answer. I asked Sam Fleming earlier whether you should play Christmas music before Thanksgiving, and he said the correct thing, which is no. But we're going to talk about movies real quick. All right. So okay. here are your options. All right. You have a Christmas story, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You have The Muppet Christmas Carol, and you have Elf. You have to. Tell me which of those four are the best and why. Oh, boy. Well, the first, there's two that I picked out right away from your list. It's Christmas Vacation is one of the top two. Yes. And then the other one is Elf. Yes! So, I'm, is that the right answer? The, yes, yes. Those were the right answers. And it's funny, too, because last night I was actually at a theater in St. Cloud because my friend, Kenny Johnson, that I go to school with, he was acting in the Elf musical, so I actually watched that last night. <laughs> well, that's fun. Well, it is that that's yeah. a pl- that's a play going on right now. It is, yes. And I was I, I have to I have a confession to make as well. Oh dear. I was listening to the show a little bit earlier too, and when you're talking with Sam about the Christmas music before Thanksgiving and everything, I agree. No Christmas music before Thanksgiving, but okay. this year I have been guilty of decorating before Thanksgiving. Oh, but oh in no! Defense, in Minnesota, we got a foot of snow about two weeks before Thanksgiving, so it already feels like Christmas up here. Okay, that's that's fair. I guess up in the north, they, uh, I guess you can sort of give that a little bit of leeway. But uh, oh my gosh! A, I, I I've been looking. I, I've been watching the Christmas movies recently. The Muppet Christmas Carol and A Christmas Story were they have aged so well. I didn't. I did not expect these movies to age so well. And one more question. Timeless que- pieces. <laughs> and then one more question before we have to go to break. And this is sort of a different personality question. It's about Disney Plus. All right. Okay. Which of the four Toy Stories is the best? You have the first one, and you have the second one, the third one, and then the the the, the gut wrenching, terrible for emotions. If you're a college student, fourth one. Which which one? You got uh, which one? And there's no right or wrong answer on this one, but I, uh, you know. <laughs> oh boy! Well, I might be losing some points with the audience here, but I've never seen Toy Story three or four. 
Thank you. So I'm gonna Thank have to you. The classic. Thank the very you. Very first one. The very first one. All right. I, I guess. I guess I'll take the first one. But uh, there were so many great jokes in the in the second one. Well, folks, that's all the time that we have for Miss Kirsten Kroll. Once again, you can follow her on Twitter at at k i r s t e n k r u l l. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on. It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break here, and then Danielle Denetta will be appearing on the show. You are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative. Are you tired of trying to track down and follow all of your favorite WGRE DJs and broadcasters? Fear not, listeners. I have the perfect solution for you. We're on Twitter. Just follow us at WGRE Radio to get updates from your favorite college radio station as they happen. Now you can sit back and relax and still be in the know. WGRE, your Twitter alternative. Hi, this is Bob Lemmy, voice of the Indianapolis Colts, and you're listening to WGRE 91.5, home of DePaul Tiger Athletics. Yeah, is right. Welcome back to Puck Talk with Spider Jack. With me now is Danielle Denina of Penalty Box Radio's own. She covers prep hockey more than I've ever seen. She is a fantastic news reporter. She has appeared on the show before. We talked a little bit of uh, training camp when the Preds were in training camp, and I am so excited to have her back. Danielle, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys for having me again. So, Danielle, let's just jump right into it. Uh, We had Sam Fleming on a little bit earlier, and we were talking about the Country Classic. And you were at the forefront. You were right in the mix with it. You were covering everything. I saw all the interviews on PenaltyBoxRadio.com for all of Danielle's wonderful content. Go to PenaltyBoxRadio.com. And I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Sam. Of all the teams at the Country Classic, which team was the most fun to watch and why? Wow, that's the question right there. There's a lot of different <laughs> aspects of every team that stood out to me. So I guess if you're looking at on-ice performance, Wisconsin was insane. Their offensive power and their drive, they were dominant all over the ice, on the boards, the face-off circle, blue line, net. Every aspect of Wisconsin's team was incredible. But when you're looking at the team aspect and the bench aspect, it was Boston College. They definitely had that unit mindset, and they were just excited to be there. Yeah, you could definitely tell that. Uh, and Sam also said that uh, Wisconsin. So you two are uh, on the same same wavelength there. That's that's fantastic to see. And um, and also, I forgot to mention Danielle appeared on her own version of Puck Talks. Puck Talks different than Puck Talk. Uh, Puck Talk is with uh, a college student. Puck Talks is with the real professionals. But Danielle sat with the legendary Chris Mason and Hal Gill and all of the beat reporters, Adam Vignier and um, Robbie Stanley, Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell. Danielle, can you tell us a little bit about your experience on Puck Talks? And she also photographed the event, and those will be going up on PenaltyBoxRadio.com today. So, Danielle, tell us a little bit about Puck Talks. Yeah, it was incredible. The atmosphere was great. There were tons of just talented and 
kind-hearted people there. Chris Mason, Hal Gill, Katie Caldwell, everybody was just excited to be there. It was relaxed. So much hockey was talked, unfiltered hockey. It was an awesome experience. So many questions were answered. And one thing that was excellent was Glenn Blackwell and I were able to go up and talk about how us as women, we were able to get into sports media and about the adversity that we faced and about making our way in a field that is so difficult to make it through. And it was just great to be up there with people who I've idolized since I was a child, and now I'm at a point where I'm talking on a panel with them. And it was just great to be there. Yes, it is great. And uh, once again, shout out to Justin Bradford for giving uh, all of my fantastic uh, women colleagues chances to be uh, the people that they want to be in sports media and living out their dreams. And also at Puck Talks was the center, one of the main centers for the National Predators, Ryan Johansson. He made an appearance. So, Danielle, congratulations on that opportunity. And that was uh, that was fantastic to watch, and I'm very, very proud of you. Now, sort of switching gears to the NHL um, rough stretch, rough stretch for the National Predators, wouldn't you say? I yes, one hundred percent. With Kyle Turris being scratched for forty-four million games straight for absolutely no logical reason, and just kind of watching the locker room and the mindset of the team disintegrate a little bit. Yeah, they hit that rough stretch, and their staff are showing. Yeah, it's it's been rough, and I've certainly voiced my opinion about Kyle Turris uh, being scratched, but that that that's for another that's for another time. But you know, the the Central Division they're heating up in December, and this is the worst time to fall behind in the standing. So, Danielle, in the coming weeks, what do the Predators need to do to succeed and get back on the horse? They need to get their special teams back up and back running again. Their power plays at sixteen point four percent, and their penalty kills at seventy five percent which is not far from league average, but when you're struggling defensively and not all of your forwards are playing their best hockey. I mean, Craig Smith hasn't scored in forever. You have Victor Arvidsson, who's out with an injury. Mikhail Granlin had a lower body injury. Kyle Terrace just got back in the lineup. So when there's all that controversy and all the adversity, and nobody knows what happens in the locker room. Nobody knows how the Kyle Terrace situation affected the mentality and the leadership group, but just looking at the team as a whole, they need to focus on special teams and getting that penalty kill consistent and finding consistency in the power play. And once they build up that special teams and players like Craig Smith step up, slowly but surely everything's going to start falling in line, especially once they get Victor Arvidsson back. So they just really need to step it up on yeah. both ends of the ice, offense and defense. Yeah, and uh, I, I, she is absolutely correct with that. And... David Poyle actually came out with uh, a statement regarding P.K. Subban uh, a little bit earlier this week saying uh, that the Predators definitely miss P.K. Subban back there. And it comes at the right time because the New Jersey Devils will be in Bridgestone Arena this Saturday night at 7 o'clock Central Time. Danielle, with P.K. Subban coming to town, what can the Predators expect out of him and the Devils this, uh, this weekend? The Devils have a new head coach. John Hines was fired. Elaine Najardine stepped in. So I think there's going to be some fire there. They've won one game in their last four. They're 9-14-4. and P.K. Subban is spending over 21 minutes on the ice every game, but no one is noticing him. He's not playing good hockey. The Devils aren't playing good hockey. They can't find consistency. And I think with that coaching change, they're going to have a certain fire that's lit, and the Predators are going to have to match that if they want a chance to win it. They can't 
underestimate a team that might appear to be broken and lost right now, but there's going to be a fire in that locker room that's going to be hard for the Predators to compete against. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, just, uh, I, I mean, I don't think that December is out of reach for the Nashville Predators, but the loss of Victor Arvidsson is more impactful than we thought. So uh, what are your thoughts on Victor Arvidsson missing some time? It's definitely taken a toll on the offense. Um, I think that with Olivier being in and Carr being in, and when Arvidsson went out, Kyle Turris wasn't put in, and that raised a lot of questions. And Kyle Turris said in post-game interviews that you know he could have played that same game where he scored a goal and got an assist seven games ago before he got scratched. So there's obviously frustration. And without a key player like Victor Arvidsson in there, it's going to be hard for the team to get that chemistry when individually they're also frustrated. And Arvidsson hasn't been producing a goal a game. He's not going to get 40, 50 goals in a season, as people were somewhat speculating at the beginning of the year. But even though he's not playing incredible, insane, out-of-this-world hockey, he's still a huge part of that offense. Him, Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, not to Shane. Those four players are—they carry the weight of the offense, and whenever you lose a piece of that, it affects all the chemistry. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree, and it, it's definitely been uh, tough to watch Victor Arvidsson without uh, Philip Forsberg this year. He's been—it's like he's looked lost, and uh, now that he is a known goal scorer around the league team they're double teaming him and it's uh, very hard for Victor Arvidsson to get going and it just kind of felt like Arvidsson's spirit was missing on the ice even while he was healthy but Danielle in the spirit of Christmas I am asking questions about Christmas this as you well know this is the last show of the semester and I wanted to uh commemorate uh my time here in the uh, on Fridays at 11 a.m here with puck talk but danielle i have to ask you a couple of questions about christmas okay let's do it i'm ready let's do it all right now there is a right or wrong answer with this but oh no we have justin bieber's mistletoe album we have mariah carey's christmas album we have bing crosby's christmas album and i you know what i'm gonna throw in a loophole here i'm gonna go pentatonics Oh, my. All right. You have to tell me, of those four, which is the best? If I'm being honest, I've never sat down and listened to one of those full albums. <laughs> because I can't take it after about two or three songs. <laughs> but you said that, and the only thing that I heard in my head was Mariah Carey screeching. So oh, I guess Mariah Carey there. No. Bing Crosby. Why Christmas? Oh, well. Well... All right, I'll ask you what I asked uh, Kirsten Kroll and Sam Fleming. Is it acceptable to play Christmas music before Thanksgiving dinner is over? I have mixed emotions about this question. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes you just get in the mood early. And I mean, I'm an advocate of Christmas music. If you're sad, that's the one thing that's going to make you happy. (laughs) So, if you want to go for it, go for it. I agree that, you know, Thanksgiving needs to be celebrated first. I mean, I got to eat my pie. I got to have my turkey. It's tradition. Can't overstep it. Right, right. But, I mean, I put up my tree before Thanksgiving this year, so. 
Okay, hold on, because Miss Kirsten Kroll has an excuse. She had two feet of snow up in Minnesota. You have had no snow in Tennessee. Why are your Christmas decorations up this early? Because there's no snow. <laughs> it's depressing. I'm ready for some Christmas action here. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, And then there's one more question before we are officially out of time here at Puck Talk for the semester. But, Danielle... National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Elf, A Christmas Story, and A Muppet Christmas Carol. Now, I chose those four for a specific reason. My sister loves A Muppet Christmas Carol. I love, my dad and I love Christmas Vacation, Elf because it's a classic, and Christmas Story because it's a classic. Which of those four is, is, I mean, like December 1st hits, you are in front of the TV, Christmas trees already up, sitting by the fire with a warm, hot cocoa and a cat in your lap. Which movie are you putting on? Christmas Vacation, duh. That is what I I'm talking about. Vacation after I ate Thanksgiving dinner. So <laughs> if that tells everybody how I'm doing right now, I mean, that's pretty accurate. I am so thankful that all of my colleagues share at least somewhat of the same opinion as me. That is fantastic. Okay, now of the remaining three, which one are you putting on next? Elf. Elf. What do you the elf? What's your favorite color? <laughs> I'm going to make that my senior quote. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, folks, I'm afraid that we have run out of time here officially at Puck Talk with Spider Jack for the semester, but Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for sharing your insights on uh, the, the country classic and the Nashville Predators right now. And thank you for coming on, being a fantastic colleague. And I cannot wait to go back home and film some Slapshot 615. Of course. Thank you for having me on. It's time for you to come home. It's time to podcast again. It's time to podcast again. That is, that is definitely correct. So look out on PenaltyBoxRadio.com and... Oh dear, I, I forgot I forgot my mom's favorite Christmas movie. She just texted me. Christmas in Connecticut. It's a it's an old, 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 old movie that I have watched one time through and oh boy. Well folks, uh sorry mom and uh thank you again, Danielle, for joining me on the show. Thank you, Sam Fleming, Justin Bradford, and Kirsten Kroll. I just thank Justin Bradford all the time now. I don't know why. But thank you, Kirsten Kroll and Sam Fleming and Danielle Denena for coming on the last Puck Talk for the semester. You are listening to 91.5 WGRE, your sound alternative.